the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Thursday morning. You are tuning your heart to the truth with us today. I'm Gabby Smith along with Damian Collado. Hey, Damian. Good morning. And good morning to you. Happy Thursday, Gabarini. Happy Thursday. It's already been a party <laughs> this morning. I don't even feel like I'm at work today. Well, <laughs> that's how fun. it's supposed to be, right? <laughs> I, I think St. Matthew has something to do with that, today being his feast so. day. And what, what better way to start our day than offering up a prayer on his behalf and asking him to intercede for us? So we'll do that. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. O glorious St. Matthew, in your gospel you portray Jesus as the longed-for Messiah who fulfilled prophets of the Old Covenant and as the lawgiver who founded a church of the New Covenant. Obtain for us the grace to see Jesus living in his church and to follow his teaching in our lives on earth so that we may live forever and ever with him in heaven. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We will learn more about St. Matthew later on in today's show during our Saint of the Day, but we have some events in our listening area. We want to give you details at 10 after. You can find all of these events at our website at ccmedia.live. In 18 minutes, Steve Bowman joins us. He's the founder of That Man Is You. And today we are talking about a featured documentary called What Is Love? So we're going to learn a little bit more about this powerful documentary. In 35 minutes, Raymond Arroyo joins us, TV personality, EWTN host, and Catholic author. He has many titles, but he's also a composer, singer, and we're going to be talking about his new Christmas album. I know, Christmas. You guys, I'm already in the mood because I was listening to Raymond's album yesterday, and it is so good. It's called Marion Bright, and he's going to give us some sneak peek and details about it later on in today's show. And in 48 minutes, Keith Call joins us. He's an editor of the book, Pondering Permanent Things, Reflections on Faith, Art, and Culture. So we're talking about art, faith, culture, love today. So there's a little moody theme here. Yeah. And I'm all about it. So Makes me want to sing. <laughs> What's love got to do, got to do with it? I'll leave it at that. Okay. In the meantime, what does weather have to do with it? Well, it's just going to be sunny and bright. Raymond's got an album out, Merry and Bright, today, Sunny and Bright. That's right. It's going to start our day with that, with a few clouds moving in this afternoon. No rain in the forecast. Winds out of the east, 5 to 10. High's only going to be 94. And when I say only 94 with that breeze, it's not going to be that bad. 
low tonight 71 and today is or i should say tomorrow is the last day of summer i think that's why we're all excited over here and if you <laughs> like today you're going to love tomorrow because there's no change and that's great for people who love consistency temperatures in and around the area Gulfport at 75 71 in covington home of thibodeau 75 in baton rouge at 72 room temperature and in new orleans <laughs> 77 degrees so uh, going to be a great day, and it's going to be a really, in store, a good weekend as well. So a lot to yeah. plan for. Uh, football season's here. Everybody gets excited about that. So the games, okay. some tonight, some of tomorrow on the high school level and college level is Saturday, and yeah. then the Saints play Sunday. So, I mean, hey, what more can you ask for? I know. Love it. I love this time of year. It's my favorite. Well, now through Christmas, because we're going to talk about Raymond's album. That put me in the mood yesterday. So. Ah, well, good. Okay. Well, don't go too far, because we're getting in the mood. We want you to get in the mood, too. It's five after the hour. We have events and your gospel and reflection coming up on this Thursday morning of Wake Up. morning and a blessed feast of St. Matthew the Apostle. Our gospel this morning comes to us from Matthew chapter 9. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the customs post. He said to him, follow me, and he got up and followed him. While he was at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat with Jesus and his disciples. The Pharisee saw this and said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? He heard this and said, Those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. Go and learn the meaning of the words, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. It is fitting that on his feast day, we reflect on Matthew's dramatic transformation from a tax collector to an apostle. Who can plumb the mystery of why the grace of Jesus fell on Matthew? or why, for that matter, on us. We know that our salvation begins when Jesus turns his compassionate eye on us, even though Jesus sometimes is found deep in the mystery of sin, and we are wholly preoccupied with worldly concerns. Isn't it true that we often cling to the petty lives we have constructed for ourselves? Our ignorance of what truly matters easily leads us into a routine that is addicted to ambition and selfishness. Then Jesus' glance descends upon our busy but empty life like a laser that cuts away the deceptive habits that suck away our vitality like so many leeches. Nothing is ever the same again. Matthew was both rich and well-connected with Rome. However, his association with the hated Roman taxes gave him no social, political, or religious status within the Jewish community. He was viewed as a shady character who lived on the fringes of society. Perhaps Matthew had adopted the cynical attitude that settled for personal sin as the meaning of his life, even at the expense of reputation, social standing, and the esteem of his neighbors. He was seen as a man who preferred worldly to spiritual gain, a man who also worked for the pagan occupying power. Note well 
Jesus did not select his apostles from the makers and shakers of Jewish or Roman society. St. Paul reminds us, God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no flesh might boast in the presence of God. Jesus pierced Matthew's heart with the words, Follow me, which asked, Be my intimate companion. Now, with a heart of flame, Matthew followed Jesus. Eventually, this hated tax collector, who was desperately in need of a physician, would himself become a physician of souls. Everything changes for the better when we follow Jesus. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sagers. Thank you, Jimmy. I agree with you 100%. And yes. it is Thursday morning, September 20th. And so glad you could join us here on Wake Up. Gabby Smith and yours truly, Damian Collado, have some events we want to share <laughs> with you. One in particular, if you're hurting from abortion or miscarriage, and, uh, you know, someone you love is hurting because of that, uh, you have an opportunity to attend what is called Rachel's Vineyard. It's a retreat. It will be held November 3rd through the 5th. And uh, Father Robert Cavalier is going to be uh, conducting the retreat. Uh, All are welcomed. It's open to both men and women. And there's forgiveness, hope, and peace after abortion. And you'll find that out if you attend this, especially if you're struggling with it right now. Financial assistance is available. If you want more details, we have it all for you at ccmedia.live. Yes, married and engaged couples are invited to fortify your faith and strengthen your marriage with a three-day getaway Thursday to Sunday after lunch, October 12th to the 15th. There will be inspiring talks, meaningful activities, cuisines, date night, entertaining delights, and access to the sacraments. Um, I will actually, oh, this event is for couples who will be held at Camp Grace in Mobile. There we go. And is sponsored by the Men of St. Joseph Outback. So I will post this on our website at ccmedia.com. And speaking of mobile, a lot of people don't realize our signal, WQNO, uh, 690 AM, goes all the way down the Gulf Coast, uh, all the way to Pensacola in most cases. Um, They are also having at Corpus Christi Catholic Church young adult group meetings every third Thursday of the month. And the next one, guess what? Today because today this is the third Thursday of the month. It'll be from 6 to 8, and it'll be at the Parish House uh, on Evergreen Road. It's for young adults ages 21 to 39 are invited. So that's tonight, 6 to 8, Corpus Christi Catholic Church in Mobile. Awesome. Well, Dr. Terry Ellis will be speaking at St. George Catholic Church in Baton Rouge and the Klein Peter Activity Center on September 28th at 6.30 p.m. The talk will focus on grace and addiction, offering hope to those afflicted by this present darkness. The event is sponsored by Chrysalis Interventions New Ministry. And St. Peter Catholic Church in Covington, they're having their fishing rodeo and family fun fest this Saturday from 5 to 7, and it's going to be at the church and also plan uh, for St. Peter's Parish Picnic, which is next month, October 22nd, after 11.30 a.m. Mass. It'll be in the field next to the rectory for those of you who want to attend. Well, the weather is so nice, Damien. Mm-hmm. St. Dominic's is 
also having a family day picnic. You can mark your calendars for Sunday, September 24th. St. Dominic's Parish in New Orleans will host our annual family day that will celebrate families during the 10.30 a.m. liturgy, followed by a barbecue lunch in the dining hall. There will be a family-friendly activities in the schoolyard and bingo in the gym, $1 per card. Don't worry, Saints Mm -hmm. fans, the game will be televised. Yeah, you don't want to miss the Saints-Packers game, (laughs) that's for sure. You know, the community of Jesus Crucified is hosting a come-and-see discernment program. It'll be uh, September 25th and 26th, which is next Monday and Tuesday. Young women between the ages of 19 and 36 are invited to learn more about the community of Jesus Crucified Sister Servants. Uh, You must register in order to attend the event. And to do that, you can go to ccmedia.live to get the website and phone number if you need it. Very nice. Real quick, the St. Jude Catholic Church Golf Classic will be held Monday, September 25th at the Santa Maria Golf Course in Baton Rouge. You can go to ccmedia.live for details. All right. Well, thank you for that, Gabby. And we thank you all for listening. Steve Bullman, the guy who created That Man Is You, is coming up next on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for September 21st. Today, we celebrate St. Matthew. What an unlikely character Matthew was to be called by Jesus, a Jew who collected taxes from his fellow Jews on behalf of the occupying Roman forces. Matthew would probably have been roundly disliked, if not hated. It would not be surprising, then, if people were shocked to hear Jesus call such a man to be one of his intimate followers. But that is precisely what Jesus did. We read in both Mark's and Luke's gospel that Jesus saw a local tax collector, we believe this to be Matthew, and uttered the life-altering invitation, follow me. Tradition also recognizes Matthew as one of the four evangelists. In telling the story of Jesus, the first gospel focuses on the demands of Christian discipleship, but also assures his readers that the risen Jesus remains with the church following his death and resurrection. We can take heart that from such an unlikely situation, Jesus chose one of the foundations of the church. He chose a man whom many thought not holy enough to be a close associate of the Messiah. But Matthew was one of the sinners Jesus came to call, just as he calls all of us. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Alrighty, 18 after the hour. Thank you for joining us on Wake Up. Thank you for watching us also on Catholic Life TV in Baton Rouge. With us now, Steve Bullman, a name you probably have heard of, at least those of you in Baton Rouge for sure. He's the founder of That Man Is You and also uh, Paradisus Day. And he's here to talk about a featured documentary called What Is Love? And Steve, thank you for being with us. More importantly... Thank you for coming up with That Man Is You, because I know you transformed thousands upon thousands of Mm -hmm. men's lives over the years, brother, including mine. Well, thank you so much, Damien. Thanks for having me on the show this morning. And I tell you what, uh, God is good. Amen. He has touched people all over this country, and uh, thanks be to God. Yeah. Yeah, I know uh, you're here to talk about a documentary called What is Love? Something you narrate, and and I guess you're 
produced to uh, to some extent share with us what the documentary is all about because love is something we're all seeking it absolutely is and i tell you it's it all started a friend of mine mentioned that one of the most frequently googled questions is simply the question what is love Hmm. and when he said that i was like hey the church can answer this we've been contemplating this for two thousand years and uh, sure enough, we did a novena to the Holy Spirit for Pentecost, saying, okay, what do you want us to do? And the answer came back to answer that question. And so we uh, set out on a journey to answer that, and since you've mentioned that man is you and you've been in it, it's everything you'd expect. We integrate together Catholic teaching, the latest science, and then, you know, real-life stories. So it's not this, this isn't something abstract. This is what drives our lives. And we, uh, we put that all together, and it has both a movie that will be coming out on October 16th uh, in theaters around the country, and then it also a series that will be coming out on Valentine's Day, which happens to be Ash Wednesday uh, this coming February. Okay. Uh, but on, on the movie itself, uh, from what I understand, you traveled the world to get the answer? Uh, we traveled the world to get the answer. When we say that, we traveled the world that we've got uh, stories from London, from Africa, from different places around the world, as well as I'm in some of the most amazing places I'm in. Uh, Saint Denis, which is the uh, the royal basilica back in the Middle Ages outside of Paris, hmm. uh, we actually have a model of that that we bring to life. Okay, and you know I've always been told, and and I believe as well, God is love, and I'm I'm guessing mm-hmm. toward the end of this film. That's what everyone else is going to discover. If not, it's going to be a rude awakening for many. But the but 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 you touch on scientific and neurological. Yeah, you look into the brain about love. Without getting too technical, can you share a little bit about what that is all about? Sure. You know, John Paul has stated that, and this very first encyclical stated that man cannot live without love. His mm-hmm. life is senseless if he doesn't discover love and make it his own. That's not poetic. It is poetic language, but it's not just poetic language. And sure enough, what we can say through all of our modern neurological science is that the brain is more driven to love than it is food. Hmm. And that it's a neurological need, That's and it wires our brains to make us human. And if we don't have that love... All sorts of things go wrong, and we touch on some of that in the film as well. Yeah. You know, as I was thinking about uh, talking to you today and trying to come up with some questions that our, I think our listeners would ask is, is, is that one of the reasons you talk about the, the, the neurological and the fact that we're seeking love? We have to have that even more than food. Is, is that one of the challenges our young people are faced with today? seems like they're in relationships forever, but they don't want to make the commitment and tie the knot because they're not sure what love is. Oh, boy. You know, uh, first of all, love's complicated ever since the sure. fall, right? When, mm-hmm. when we fell, we became complex internally. That's also true for the brain's neurology when it's seeking love. And that is just like my brain has the desire to be compassionate, even sacrificial for another person, and we'll show that. 
my brain also has the desire to be selfish. Mm-hmm. And so I'm got to use my freedom to make a choice. And so my brain's hardwired for both good and unfortunately my fallen state. I'm hardwired for doing bad, bad, bad things as well. And then what happens is we've got all these soft wiring inputs that we put into our brain that influences which choice I make. Unfortunately today, those inputs are driving us towards the bad. Mm. We don't have inputs that are showing the nobility of sacrificial love, even in the mundane things of life. You know, when is the last time you saw a great movie or a story about just a mom and dad who every day take their kids to school and little league, you know, practice, and then they help them with their homework, and they find that to be joyful. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's the life most of us live, is we live the life mm-hmm. that not in these heroic moments of, you know, the D-Day landing on the beach, but we live our lives on the D-Day of how in the world my kid forgot he's got to do homework. Yeah. He's got a test tomorrow, <laughs> and at, you know, 10 o'clock tonight, he says, well, i got a project to Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or he forgot um, his lunch, and you got to go bring it to him. Exactly. And that's where we live our lives. And nobody lets us know that that's beautiful, and it's holy, and it's worth it. Yeah. And that's the key yeah. thing is that, yeah, do I spend a lot of my time running around with the kids and all these things? I sure do. But I tell you what, there's nothing better than a hug around the neck from a kid who's grateful for mm-hmm. something you did. Yeah, well, we mm-hmm. we hear about the four types of love, right, Steve? Uh, affection, friendship, passion, and selfless love. And and it re- you really have to have all four to to have a good, solid relationship. Yeah, you re- and they all four they're separate, but they come together, right? That, that's right. That's right. And, and I'm never going to have all the beautiful love with my wife. If there's not sacrifice involved, then there's not friendship. So you've got to be able to pull them all together. Yeah. Does Do you try to do that in the film? In other words, how did you determine which stories would, would be incorporated into the documentary and which ones hit the edit floor? Sure. You know, the uh, first of all, we have stories that, that span the gamut, that span the different types of love without us specifically going through and saying, oh, this is friendship. Or this is sacrificial. So, for instance, we've got the love at first sight that between a couple who do, doesn't even speak the same language, yet it works out, wow. and they're you know married 25 years with kids and the whole beautiful thing. We've also got the heroic sacrifice, and that sacrifice uh, for a child, Saint Gianna Mola. We tell her story uh, in here as well. For those who know, we've got Immaculate, uh, her story where she forgives the man who killed her family. And so we have all of those different types of stories showing that this is love. So love is unconditional. Love is sacrificial. So we show all of those aspects. And like we always do, we show that from the perspective of beautiful stories, our faith, that, you know, ultimately Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Sacrificial love is where we really are leading, the church leads us into, we need to be able to make a sacrificial love. And then at the same time, uh, we show that our brain was made for this. 
Yeah. Interesting. I, I love the fact that you're incorporating all those other elements. Last but not least, we're talking to Steve Bullman, by the way, the founder of That Man Is You and his new documentary coming out October uh, 16th uh, called What Is Love? And what is the, the overall purpose? What do you what do you want to achieve when it's all said and done? And six months from now, people after seeing the film look back and say, man, that's what I wanted to achieve. You know, the first thing I'd like to do is begin a conversation that's a real conversation. Pope John Paul II said we need to have an in-depth encounter with the, you know, centers of culture and education is the way he called it. And that is, we need to talk about love at a deeper level. And so I want to have that conversation, and in that conversation, I want hope that uh, the next generation needs to understand, okay, you know, is marriage difficult? There's some difficulty in it, but you know, it's, it's the happiest part of my life. Mm-hmm. I don't sit here every day and regret that I became married. Mm-hmm. I rejoice that I became mm-hmm. married. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want this culture to understand. And sometimes we so overplay that there's a sacrificial side of it. Well, but if I was made to be able to be compassionate, sacrificial, I'm fully human when I do it. Yeah. Well. That's, so I want a conversation that leads to hope that we were made for this. Even in the midst of the fallen world, we can find fantastic joy and fulfillment uh, in love. Yeah. God wanted man and woman to be together, and as he says, to be one. And I love the fact that you're finally, someone is bringing this to the forefront because divorce is too easy today. Steve, we're running out of time real quick. Where do they go if they want to get a cop, uh, a look at the trailer and more information, brother? So if you want to look at the trailer, go to whatislove.org. And that will take you to, and you can look at the trailer as well as you can find tickets from uh, Fathom Events, which is the distributor. And that will also be a link on the website, but Fathom Events will get you there as well. Great. Steve Bullman, thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you so much. Great being with you. All righty. Raymond Arroyo, my nephew, coming up next. He's going to chat with Gabby about a Christmas album, Merry and Bright. It is 35 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith along with Damian Clano. Hey, save the dates because our fall pledge drive is quickly approaching October 3rd through the 5th. From 7 to 10 a.m. on those three days, we will have guests every hour to help us raise money to keep our studios on the air, to keep us broadcasting in our local community. So please support us, Catholic Community Media, during these three days. We rely heavily on your donations. We have needs to operate our studio every day that we need to meet as far as paying our electricity bill, uh, the tower bill, and so many other things, updating our equipment. So please help us raise our goal. We have a $15,000 goal and 20 new recurring donors. uh, And we are 100% donor funded. So if you are listening to us right now, it's because of your donations that are keeping us on the air. So save the dates, October 3rd through the 5th. That's a Tuesday through a Thursday. Coming up in just a few weeks, Damien. It's always a fun time. We have wonderful guests joining us. And also, this is a fun event that tickets sell 
all the time and continue to daily is Catholic Man Night. And if you're watching us on our stream right now, Karen is so gracious to put the flyer on there. It's happening Wednesday, November the 8th. Damien, this is such a fun event for men to gather together, have that fraternity, and listen to some wonderful uh, speakers as well. Yeah, Mike Fulmer will be our guest speaker. He's the owner of Berryland Campers. going to tell his conversion story and more. And uh, again, it's a great night of fellowship, wonderful food. Chef John Foles uh, doesn't hold back when it comes to uh, allowing us to eat well. And there will be plenty of drink and fellowship. We'll even have an auction where uh, you can bid on certain items if you'd like. At the same time, uh, you could join the Fraternity of the Leaf. That is a subgroup of Catholic Man Night where you get to go an hour early and you taste some of John Fulce's, uh concoctions that he creates at his distillery at White Oak uh, Gardens. I mean, it, it's really pretty cool stuff. He, he makes rum. He makes whiskey. He makes... A lot of stuff over there uh, besides uh, creating some good food recipes and delicious dishes so uh, come on out November 8th it's uh, for three hours roughly six to nine and it's a great event and uh, we're already past the halfway mark when it comes to selling tickets so uh, hey, it uh, looks like uh, we can't get Raymond on the phone this morning uh, and, and talk to him about his album, but he does have a new uh, mm -hmm. Christmas album coming out. And a lot of folks yes. didn't know that he could sing, but he's been singing all his life. <laughs> yes, definitely take a look. I did post a YouTube video of the trailer of him behind the scenes in the studio recording these amazing tracks that you listen to every time whenever the Christmas season begins. You're out doing your shopping. You're having that hot cocoa, even though it's 70, 80 degrees sometimes during Christmas or that time of year. But it's amazing because he's really a great singer. And I had yeah. no idea, actually. Well, you uh, know, Amazing it, performer. It uh, kind of reminds me of when Harry Connick Jr. first got started. Yeah. And uh, Raymond, his birthday was yesterday. He's 53 as of yesterday. And uh, this is something he always wanted to do. He's done uh, plays where he, ever since he went to Brother Martin, he loved to act and sing. He went to, uh, you know, New York uh, University and uh, mm -hmm. there and specialized in the arts and, and got into television. Yeah. Started uh, with the AP, as a matter of fact, as a, a journalism reporter. So uh, anyway, nice. I think we, we've got him on the line. So uh, let's chat with him. Yeah, I, I'm morning. looking forward to learning you? a little bit more. Hi, Raymond. Good morning. Thank you for being with us today. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Delighted that I can start. This is the first time I'm really talking about the, the project on radio, and I love that it's in, in the hometown. Amen. Okay, so I listened to, I, I took a look at the trailer on YouTube, and I was just in that New Orleans jazzy, festive Christmas mood. This is the perfect album. So take us through it. What inspired you to start writing or composing, putting together this Christmas album, Merry and Bright? <laughs> Well, it's called Christmas Merry and Bright, and it's something, uh, as anybody who's watched my show on EWTN knows, over the holidays, during Christmas time, over the years I've sung with some of the great voices of Christmas, with Johnny Mathis and Andy Williams and, um, oh my goodness, Aaron Neville, our, our hometown mm -hmm. uh, pal. Um, and so for a long time, people have asked me, why don't you do a Christmas album? And I, A, never had the time for it, and B never really seriously considered it. It's just, it's a huge undertaking. Well, a friend of mine who's a record producer came to me and said, would you, 
would you think about doing a Christmas album? I said, well, we'd have to do it right. So we got Kevin <laughs> Koska to arrange the entire album. I knew I wanted to do traditional Christmas carols and some beloved uh, classics, but I wanted to set them in a way that would, uh, first of all, return the energy and urgency to the songs. So what I mean by that is when you hear songs like Hark the Herald Angels Sing, you know, it's usually by a choir and they flatten and deaden the song. They kill the excitement of the moment, which is the angels are singing because Jesus is being born. God is being yes. made man. And I thought, how do we bring uh, an excitement to these songs again, make them accessible to a wide audience, and hit the mark, focus people again on what these songs were intended to commemorate, and, and focus us upon. So we created this album. Kevin Costco was the guy who arranged The Greatest Showman, The Lion King, The Jungle Book, The, the Dark Knight, wow. incredible movie scores. Kevin did original arrangements for this album. We recorded it at Let the Teeth Theater in New Orleans with a group of, of jazz players, incredible guys, many of whom had played together for 30, 40 years. And I wanted that family spirit, if you will. Mother Angelica used to always talk about the family spirit. You can't fake that. You either have it or you don't. And in this recording, you can hear the way they gel together so beautifully. Um, and uh, I, I don't know any other way to say it than they, they hit the mark. You know, in music, you hear people say it, it, it was in the pocket. And that's how I feel about when I hear all of these recordings. Uh, the guys just were in the pocket. And I was, you know, it, it, it's a little bit like being a surfer. You know, you get on their wave and you go. And it transformed even my original approach to these songs. And I hope we've created something that warms people, uh, uplifts them, is, a, is a, a, a uniter, a glue when families come together during the holidays. Um, and most importantly, point us to the reality and the importance of this season, why we're coming together, not only the coming together. Yes. Absolutely. Can you take us through some of the songs that you have on this album? Well, it runs the gambit. I mean, it really is, um, you know, we have Hark the Herald Angels Sing, we have Silent Night, which we did very quiet. You know, we kind of, the band disappears for that. Um, and we, you know, we, we have just a piano and, and a, a bass, I think it's so pretty. Oh, nice. um, there were some songs, uh, I'm trying to, oh, we did an incredible medley of the first Noel and We Magi of Orient are. Now, those of you, I think I've been on your show before to talk about my, my mm -hmm. wise men book last year. And um, yes. what I discovered is there, there were not three wise men. They were not from the Far East, and they weren't kings. So uh, this song, we took We Three Kings and changed it into We Magi of Orient are, which is more scriptural, and I love the energy of that song. So uh, putting those two numbers together, the first Noel and the Magi song, there's something that unifies them, and what unifies them is the great light they all saw, that light that drew them to, of course, the true light of the world. Um, so that medley is really beautiful and cool and, um, and unexpected. I think when people listen to this, it, it will feel at once very familiar and on another level totally new. So it's, it's, a, mm. it's not one of these jarring albums. I don't care for progressive jazz. You know, I like a very straight down the middle, big band, classic jazz. That's what this is. Mm -hmm. It's very melodic. Um, it, you, you can't help but get swept in up in it. And then we have some really 
there, there's some wonderful songs I've always loved. Uh, I Heard the Bells, which is a poem Wadsworth wrote um, in the 1800s, 1863. Um, and it's about, you know, Christmas is not always happy and, and, and you know, jingle bells. Uh, there is a, I think, melancholic and even sad part of Christmas, and that song touches on it. But what it shows Raymond, is the hope I on the apologize other side for, I apologize for, in, I apologize for interrupting you. We are out of time, but you can go. I did oh, post dear. a link to find out more information so much for being with us Raymond Arroyo EW Chan host and, Catholic and author website. singer the, go the ahead Raymond RaymondArroyoChristmas.com perfect thank you so much it's 45 on Wake Up it is 48 past the hour you are tuning to the truth I'm Gabby Smith along with Damian Collado our next guest is Keith Call Keith joins us today he is a Catholic editor and he's talking about the book Pondering Permanent Things Reflections on Faith Art and Culture good morning Keith thanks for being with us today good morning Gabby and let me one correction I am an editor of a Catholic book rather than a Catholic <laughs> editor I'm actually not okay. Catholic Oh, my goodness. Well, I apologize for that. Thank you so much for the correction. No, um, the, quite interesting, though, you know, <laughs> if you think about it, you're editing a Catholic book. I'm curious to hear your thoughts about that. Uh, but can you take us through the book, Pondering Permanent Things? Sure. I had been reading uh, Thomas Howard for many years. I uh, uh, um, uh, attended an evangelical undergraduate school, Moody Bible Institute. I was working in the archives at Wheaton College, where Tom Howard attended. And uh, when I moved here in 1994, there was a great uh, 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 interest among evangelicals in learning about liturgical worship. And Tom Howard's books was, were a part of that. They were in the mix when I moved here. And in the course of things, I read his books. So I was interested in him. I was interested in his insights. Uh, in his elegant writing, his insistence upon concentrating on the higher things and not the lower things. Well, as I was working in the library among uh, various periodicals, I kept seeing his essays here and there in different, different journals, Christianity Today, Eternity Magazine, and it had been 10 years since his last collection of essays called The Night is Far Spent. And I thought, somebody, somebody, somebody needs to collect these essays. And it didn't happen. Mm. And then one, one day I sort of realized, well, I guess I'm going to be that somebody, because I very much appreciate his, his writing. I think he raises great questions, and I think his insights are, are exportable to other Christian denominations uh, outside of Catholicism. So I contacted his widow, and she very graciously gave me permission to, to begin the hunt. So I perused old magazines. I transcribed some of his uh, lectures from tapes, did internet searches. I wrote letters to libraries, um, and I was able to amass enough uh, material for this book. Very nice. This is something that's quite interesting. Why do you think this needs to be put out into our world today? Why do you think it's relevant? Well, it, it, as I said, it's his emphasis on the permanent things. We live, our, the culture in which we are, are, are saturated is low culture. It's low pop culture. And Tom Howard insisted that we, we discuss the great things of the human experience, that we, we discuss God. He didn't want us, he wanted us looking at great art 
in, in reading great literature and driving its lessons. And that brings stability. It elevates. It hones the human experience. If we uh, if we continue engaging, if, if we pretend or or move forward in popular culture and low art and low culture as that as, as if that is the only milieu for discussing these things, he says we're going to be degraded beings. We're going to be degraded Christians. But he wants he insists that we discuss these higher. Uh, moral and artistic matters to the benefit of our, inter- of our existence. Well, Keith, it's quite interesting. I mean, from for decades and centuries, art has been the epitome of what makes you know us Christian or Catholic. Uh, people travel all over the world, whether they believe in God or not, to see these structures, to see this art, um, not really knowing the history behind it. Um, even to this day, there's documentaries being produced about uh, you know fixing up old churches that have been damaged or pieces of art that have been having uh, just some significance in our world today. Um, And I think that's something that we need to get back to doing. And I think a lot of people are getting back to really focusing on what sacred art is about and how that reflects in our faith life today. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Tom Howard is there to go to Salon. If you read something, an essay by him, if he's reading a, a, uh, uh, a review, if he's writing a review of a book, or if he's commenting on some art that he had viewed in Europe, or some marvelous symphony, he brings out, he, he points to the heart of that piece, and he stimulates, mm-hmm. at least in me, stimulates a desire to seek that art out, and to see what he saw. He provides a key. Some of us may think that high art is impenetrable. We can't, we can't comprehend it. We can't fathom it. It's too arcane. It's too distant. The beauties of Tom Howard reading him is that he not only stimulates a desire to seek out that art, but he, he provides that key for getting into it and exploring what it means for you. Absolutely. Keith, I have a question real quick. Uh, in today's sure. world, secular world, let's just say, it seems like every one of these avenues, whether it's literature, music, sculpture, art, theater, there's a twist. The, the evil one has kind of taken over, and the book is very timely uh, to bring us back to what God really wanted from us in all of these aspects. And, and don't you, don't you, I, I mean, what, what has happened in our culture to where it, it's done a complete reversal? You know, when I say music, it doesn't matter what you sing and how you sing it. Art looks hideous sometimes. It's desecrating. Yeah. Uh, how did he foresee this happening? Did he was he that insightful back then when he was writing? Indeed, he was, and he saw right through it. Mm. He was not one who was convinced by the uh, by the apologetic of modernists that this is uh, that, that modern art represents a greater depth that it has a greater psychological depth. Mm-hmm. He knew that was absolute nonsense. Mm. Uh, and he discusses some of that in the first essay of the book called Art as Incarnation. And he, uh, he, he offers some very brilliant insights about the nature of art. <clears throat> he says art brings order. Art is an index of where we are in time. Adam and Eve could not have created art hmm. because they were outside of time and they were in harmony with God's will, whereas we as fallen humans a ripped fabric that was his conceit or metaphor for the world in which we live 
We need art to help us process our fallen nature, to process our joys and our pain. So art Mm -hmm. brings order to the chaos within. Art should not itself be chaotic. If art itself is chaotic, it simply reflects a chaotic spirit, and it leads nowhere, like a hamster wheel. But he lays yes. that out in the very first essay, and, uh, and, and again, he is insisting that uh, the way to go is the better, the, the higher art is going to uh, rescue us from the despair that we are seeing in low art, low modern art. Wow. That's honestly quite profound. And that being the first essay, I can't imagine what the rest of the book is about. Uh, That's definitely something to ponder with. Keith, uh, unfortunately, we are running out of time. Keith Call, editor of the book, Pondering Permanent Things, Reflections on Faith, Art, and Culture. Keith, where can our listeners pick up their copy? You can get it on Amazon. You can get it directly from the Ignatius Press website, uh, perhaps in your Christian bookstore as well. Yes. Thank you so much, Keith Cole. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you both. Thank you very much. You bet. Yes. And uh, don't forget to support your local Catholic bookstores. We have so many in our listening areas. They need our support. So definitely check them out. Wonderful information from today's show. All of the guest information can be found in the comment section for today's Facebook Live video. Damien, that is Wake Up Thursday. All righty. And we're going to end with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. You are true goodness and life, Lord. Closeness to you brings peace and joy. You deserve all of my trust and my love. Thank you for the gift of life, my family, and above all, my faith. I'm grateful to you for the gift of the church, which you founded on the apostles, in particular, Matthew. Lord, help me to be simple and straightforward in my faith. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Have a wonderful Thursday. God bless. Wake up is a production of Catholic Community Media.